0: Welcome back to another episode of Ails with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And because I paused like that, you know who my guest is. It's Tommy Boy. How are you doing? How, How are you feeling? How are you feeling?
1: How i feeling? You know, if this isn't a this isn't a, a ten podcast today, it's because I as or because as you know, I've had COVID for like yes four weeks. Um, but I'm I'm back. I'm among the living. You are. I made it through. And at but your was, age, uh, was, that's not, not a given.
0: I mean, you you had to fight. I through know. This. At
1: 35, <laughs> at 35, you can be. Uh...
0: <laughs> no, we're very happy that you're back. Uh, I know that you probably spent more time in bed during the holidays than you wish you had. You didn't get to see your family and all yeah. this. terrible. It was
1: tough, but uh, but I'm fine. And you know, it was just it, I probably got it off pretty. Got through it pretty easily compared to some. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was tough not having Christmas with the family.
0: Absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, yeah. for those who are joining us for the first time, this is Ails with Aslan. We help those that sell for a living, and those who help those who sell for a living. And we're focused today on what I'm excited about because this actually comes from a a piece of feedback from Christy over at Merck Animal Health. She asks, "How about a podcast on relational mapping?" And so, and maybe, and asked if we can include uh, how to get to the decision maker, and and uh, who, how we map out some of the players and such. So, I'm excited to go through that with Tom. But first, there is something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you, and I want to know what it is.
1: Scott, I have uh, chosen today because my wife bought me this uh, dogfish head 60 minute IPA. Now, 60 I, this is my first time. Yeah, this is the, this dogfish head is from Delaware. So that's a little guess here neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, maybe a nod to our our new president, because I think mm-hmm. he's isn't he from Delaware.
0: He is, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, this has 6% ABV, and it's the 60-minute IPA, which I think has something to do with how strong or powerful it is. I don't know. But I'm also pouring it into a frosty mug, which is my favorite beer glass, which is an Estrella. I don't know why it's called Estrella Dam, the A M M from Barcelona, but I love this beer mug that I saw.
0: I think we've had that on because at some point I said Barcelona, which I don't know why I said that.
1: Barcelona, Barcelona. Yeah, maybe that was the beer. I don't know if it was my mug because I. But I'm you know I'm actually at home right now, so I pulled out my frosty favorite mug that I bought on eBay. eBay
0: so. That sounds good. 60 minute IPA could mm. be 60 minutes to drink, which I doubt cuz you're a professional. <laughs> um, or it could be 60 minutes till you fall over at that at that ABV. <laughs> well, they have like a
1: 90 I think they have a 90 minute. I, I don't know. I, I would imagine that brews it, it's not like they they whatever you do to make beer beer. Yeah. I'm going to imagine it it's it's more than 60 minutes, but anyway. Maybe all I right, well, all I am, am going interview. with
0: something from Stowe, Vermont, the Alchemist Brewing mm, Company. Stowe. Has, yeah, they've. Mm. I think that's where the, the Von Trapp um, family. The Von Trapps are from there. Yes, indeed, or not from there. I think that's where they settled once they came over here. But uh, I'm having myself a Heady Topper Ale. It is, uh, mm. let's see, an ABV of 8%. So good night. Uh, I, won't, I might mm. not finish this. Um, and I'm excited. This is uh, a gift from my daughter, Samantha, who gave me this for uh part of my Christmas present. So happy to crack that open and, um, and ah. see what that's like. All it's right. Sam,
1: also the one who gave you the, uh, the t-shirt that you're wearing. I have the, That's relevant to Aslan. our podcast yeah, should- today.
0: I'm told that podcasters all have merch that they sell, so maybe I need Mm -hmm. to get into selling merchandise. Is that is that what I do? I
1: think so. (laughs) So I've got my merch on. I got my ales
0: with Aslan mug here. I got my ales with Aslan T-shirt, and now I'm drinking the beer that was uh, part of that gift. So I'm excited. Well, very good. So where do we begin with such a topic? We're, we're talking about how to podcast, I mean, sorry, how to uh, establish relational mapping within our accounts. Part of mm-hmm. that, that political structure piece we talk about from time to time. Um, you know, take us through what, what, you, what you see in terms of how, how, how sales reps are able to navigate the political structure and, and even develop relational maps.
1: Well, I think uh, I think it's good that you're you're referring to it as political structure because um, one of the first things that we need to know is that when you think about who the decision makers decision makers are, it's not based on rank. Yeah. And so there's a lot of politics involved. And so one of the things we always say is that rank doesn't equal influence. So the most powerful and influential person related to the solution that you're selling or related to what you're who you're meeting with. Is not necessarily based on rank. There's politics in play. It's like when I I think of decision makers, I think I'm back in high school. There is no hierarchy, but there are the most popular and influential people. There are certain people that sit together at lunch tables, and you either can sit with those people or you can't. And there is a hierarchy, and it's not formal. And that's the same that's true when you think about the decision makers related to when you're selling there's the most powerful people in the room and it may not be the most, the, the highest ranking. And so probably, so probably the, for the place the place to start is to think about the different roles. And the way that I like to think about it is there's the people that determine what will happen. Yep. Those are your influencers and your decision maker. Those are the people there's the decision maker who ultimately determines what will happen. They're the people that if you kind of said, they're the ones that ultimately can break the tie. And then there's the people that the decision maker listens to. So those People fall into that category of the people that determine what will happen. Then there's the people that make it happen. And those are the, that's usually what I call the evaluator. You know, they're the point person that goes out and evaluates vendors, asks questions, you know, distills all the information and feeds it to the decision maker and the influencers. And then there's the people that watch it happen. Yep. Right. So they know what's going on, but they're not part of the decision making process. And they're important because they can play the role of a coach and they can kind of give are the they're the insiders. They can kind of tell you what's happening. Uh, and then there's the people that wonder what happened. <laughs> 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 they find out later. <laughs> and, <laughs> and those are people you don't really care about.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're um, not going to be tremendously helpful. Usually <laughs> mm-hmm. they're wondering what happened. they find
1: out later. Oh, we got that. We bought that. We did that. Uh, we so about that division. Oh, okay.
0: It's it's it sounds like it's very important for us as sales reps to learn how to a identify each of the people that you just described. So we've got those evaluators, we've got you know coaches, um, we've got influencers, we've got obviously decision makers. How you identify all those, but then you know how do you? I hate to use the word leverage, but I can't think of a better word right now leverage each of them because they're all part of that scenario except for the person that's watching it happen or wondering what happened i should say (laughs)
1: yeah well yeah the leverage well i think it's each person plays a role yeah and so you need to understand the role that they're playing so if for example i was years and years ago this probably was 20 years ago this is kind of where this this whole idea of Identifying a political structure really hit home. Mm-hmm. I was pursuing a, a very large opportunity with the distributor as a salesperson. And what appeared to be the decision maker was the head of all of sales, the VP, the highest ranking, in my mind, the highest ranking person. Yeah. So, and that was who I was working with. And they had asked me, this is, I was, it was his early days at Aslan. They asked me to deliver a pilot program and they wanted to move forward, but they just wanted me to deliver a pilot program so certain key people could see it and they could get feedback. And it was kind of a rubber stamp kind of thing. And I thought, sure, no problem. I'm dealing with right the highest ranking person. And so I deliver the, the pilot. I feel like it goes well. In the back of the room, now, their biggest customer was IBM. Let me, no, I think it's actually, it wasn't their customer. It, they were a distributor and their biggest oh. supplier was IBM.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: And this person in the back of the room said, uh, so if IBM is our biggest supplier and, and they have training and they're excellent at sales training, have we ever talked to them?
0: <laughs> That's a good <laughs> and the question. Whole
1: thing just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, huh. Now, I didn't think about why, because I was working with somebody in South Carolina, but they wanted me to deliver the pilot program in Atlanta. And I didn't ask who's going to be there and why the purpose and what. I just thought, you know, I'm, they're just checking this out. And I just made a lot of assumptions. Yeah. Well, it turns out that this guy used to work at IBM, was a friend of the chairman of the company and had the most power. They had the most influence. And so what I missed was understanding the players would ultimately determine how the decision got made. So if I don't understand who the decision maker really is, I can't address the decision making process. I can't address their questions. I can't address their concern. And I can, I can ultimately get you know, the whole deal can get undermined. Uh, if I'm dealing with the evaluator, that's great place to get information. And that's the easiest you know person to work sure. with. Yep. But the problem is that I can't, I can again, affect the decision-making process. If they're looking for exactly what I offer, great. I'm, I'm usually okay. But if, yeah. if I need to change the decision-making process, I'm not going to be able to do that. So yeah. that's a little bit about my thoughts about how do you leverage each one of those relationships and why they're important.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, obviously, you just you just told a great story about why it's so important to understand the political structure because the risk of... You know, you you just said you might be lucky enough that your solution is an exact fit for what they're, what they're, but if you don't understand the landscape and the entire decision criteria and decision-making team, you're, you're exposing Mm -hmm. yourself to some risk. So, uh, make sure you're,
1: you're always at risk.
0: Mapping that out. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, and you know, you think about the different players, you got the coach, evaluator, influencer, and, and decision-maker. So Mm -hmm. obviously The whole purpose of getting the decision makers, you can't influence the decision making process if you're not working with the decision maker. You can't. You don't want to depend on a evaluator who may only know an hour's hour's worth of experience with your solution and ask them to articulate your recommendation to the decision maker. That's going to fail. So their role is to help you figure out who the players are and then turn them into a sponsor to get to the decision-maker. The coach can also play the role of telling you the landscape and who's who and what influencers might be against you and what influencers might have the strongest relationship with the decision-maker. So that's um, a little bit about how you can, uh, knowing the role can determine what what you can do and how, again, how you can leverage.
0: Well, and you're making me uh, think about, you know, know uh, as we use um, Salesforce as our as our CRM, and I know our president, Mark, a frequent contributor to the program, um, has has kind of engineered that when you've met with the decision maker in a sales cycle, that enhances the value of that that deal when you look at your mm-hmm. forecasting. And so for those sales leaders listening today, this is a great, great thing. If you don't, if you've not met with the decision maker, or you don't know who the decision maker is, you have a deal that is potentially much more at risk than 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 what you thought. And so, you know, ask us if you if you uh if you need help with that but there are there are lots of ways to make sure you're you're capturing the fact that a decision maker has been um introduced into the process so i can see why it is so important for the sales rep to to know who that is and know how to navigate so.
1: that especially now that we're selling most of all almost everything we're doing virtually right. i've found also that it's much more difficult to get to the decision maker yeah because you just you're not on site there's you know meeting you don't meet with several people the the evaluator plays the prominent role they're delivering the message here's what we want Um, and you're isolated now it's much more difficult to gain access so just if you just go downstream you're going to end up at the evaluator and if you don't have a three-to-one advantage over the competition and they're all out looking for exactly what you offer your your risk you're probably going to lose.
0: Yeah, we di- we just did the po- podcast about that a few weeks ago. The fact that everybody wants mm-hmm. to go so much faster and the deal mm-hmm. sizes seem to be smaller because they're taking less risk but they are going so much faster because the evaluator is just it's just just surfing the web. It's all done right? over and, the phone. Yeah. 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 and and, and interviews no need. People. you don't
1: have to schedule meetings. Yeah. You don't have to schedule meetings. You don't have to schedule trips. You don't have to I mean you have to schedule meetings. You don't have to schedule trips yeah if someone says hey i can't meet with you for two weeks because i've got to schedule a trip that makes sense but yep. to say i can't meet with you two weeks because i can't have a phone call with you or zoom meeting doesn't make sense
0: Yep. good okay so so we've established the importance and the why we need to understand political structure why we need to understand the decision making team and all the players but how do you actually find the real decision maker what are what are some yeah. some ways to sort of uncover that? I, I know one of them is probably using your coach and really, you know, uh, leveraging your internal contacts to try to to, to surf through that. Like there, <laughs> there's, I'm sure, there's others.
1: That, that's a really good point, Scott. Is that the people that watch what happens? Mm-hmm. They're the best source of inside information around who the players are. Yeah, um, but not everybody has the luxury of you know, meeting with an insider or a coach Um, because again, we're not on site. So it's a little bit harder to identify those people. You don't bump into them. Um, Now, if you work with an existing account and you're more of an account manager and you're trying to grow that account, it is easier, that's a great option. That's probably your best options to figure out who's who. Um, But for most of us, we're, we're dependent upon, I think of the two things, the clues and questions. So clues can be verbal or body. Mm-hmm. Um, the ver- which right now we're all limited to verbal, and yeah. so it's you can you can almost if you pay attention, you can determine who the person is you're talking to by the questions they ask and how they refer to the decision making process. They'll say things like, "Well, we need to." It's almost like they're they're representing, like that the press secretary. They're representing someone else. Yeah, it's they don't use words like I. And they, they, they don't speak with this sort of, this is something I created and I'm going to do. They speak about we and here's, it, it's just, you can look at the, listen to the language. And when people say things like, well, we need to, you think, well, who's we? Yep. You can also, if you're face to face or is on a Zoom meeting, it's harder on a Zoom meeting, is you can watch how people respond. You can see people look at, they'll look, they'll say things and look at a certain person. They're looking at, what do they think? You can just tell by the body yeah. language who has the most power in the room yeah. or on the call. Um, now, always again, Zoom is much more difficult than it is face to face. So I think of listening to the, the language they use when they describe what's going to happen and then just how they respond to each other or the clues that will pick it up. But I do think questions when selling virtually are, is your safest bet. Just asking, asking the question. A couple having a couple of key questions that will help you really determine that because most people want to overlook that they get excited about it here's what's happening there's an opportunity people are excited uh and then it sort of feels a little uncomfortable to go hey well are we re- am i really talking to the right person or yeah. am i wasting my time
0: yeah they don't yeah. want to
1: come across that way so they kind of avoid but but you need to ask the right question
0: yeah yeah and we have a saying over here never assume when you can know there's a lot of assumptions that go on in selling, and. Uh, it's better to ask and, and figure that out before the meeting. And if you're in the meeting, I do, I do think I've seen many times where, you, especially face-to-face, you see them turn toward the person with the most power. But even on Zoom, you, you, you've heard it from time to time where they say, I don't know, Joe, what do you think about that? Or what do you think we should do about that? And, and you can kind of uncover that Joe may be the guy that uh, is going to ultimately have decision authority on this thing. So we've covered the why, we've covered the, you know, sort of how to figure it out the probably most important thing on people's mind is now, how do I get access to the
1: decision-maker? Yeah, I think that's, that gets, that gets to, back to Christy's original question about relational map. Before we dive into that, I do I want to share one question Sure. that I think will help people uncover who the decision-maker are. This is my favorite question. I like to kind of think of it as let's pretend. Mm. Is, is I'll say, let's just pretend that I have the perfect solution. Let's just pretend that everything that you, it's the right price. It's the it fits. It's exactly what you want. If that's true, what has to happen next? What's because what I want to do is I want them to describe for me the process. Yeah. So what would you do now? If they say, well, then I would just hire you. Well, you're probably speaking to the decision maker. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm, I'm going to go do this. But well, most of the time, if you're not talking to the decision maker, they're going to say things like, well, we'll meet with our internal team. Okay, well, who's the eternal team?
0: Yeah.
1: And then follow I would the say oh, the people that you, yeah, so yeah, follow the bouncing ball. Well, we're going to meet, well, who is the eternal team? Well, it's going to be this, this person. Well, is there anybody in that meeting that you're going to put a star by and say they have to be bought in? Or they'll say, and then we're going to do this. Well, then once that team decides this, then we're going to take it to this person. Or, you know, what, if you follow the bouncing ball by first establishing, let's just assume what I offer is perfect. What has to happen next? then you'll, you follow that process, you'll see who's attached to each one of those steps. Yeah. And then just double click on those steps and figure out who's involved. I just wanted to make sure. Before we well, and back. that's
0: terrific. I mean, that's, um, that's great advice. And even, you know, when when you're coming from a position of being other centered, and your motive is pure that you're trying to help, that'll come across as how it's intended, it won't feel forced or, or, or uh, combative in any way. So I think that's a great, great line of questioning. And I love the analogy of the bouncing ball just keep following in until you get to an answer that that's uh, that satisfies quenches your thirst to, right. <laughs> to stay in yeah. the uh, and, you know,
1: sometimes, And if people, and it, here's another thing that I um, would want to remind our listeners about how to position those questions as they follow the bouncing ball, always be communicating why it's in their best interest to tell you the, the answer to the question you're asking. So true. You Know, you know, looking for ways to position the reason I'm asking is if you can't preface a question with those five words, the reason I'm asking is is that five? I think it is. Um, then they're, they're gonna be you're gonna be res- resistant to ask the question. Is that six?
0: <laughs> six words, <laughs> but I had to use my fingers to count it, so I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I just wrote about this, I thought there was five. Um, um, maybe it's just the reason anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the you, you get the point, yeah, but you need to position it, so so you, know, I want to make sure that they're I'm addressing their concerns, yeah, or I want to make sure that we build in time to meet with them, or I want to make sure it always needs to be about them. Uh, versus, because I don't want to waste time talking to you. Yeah. That's what they're going to assume. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to dig into who's really involved, they're going to think, well, you're just trying to. Work. I just want to make sure that that I know it's difficult for you as the point person on this project to understand and learn everything you need to know about our products and services. I want to make you look good, so I want to make sure that I help you articulate this and provide the information that you need. So who's who needs that information and what do they care about so that I can give you and support you as you try to communicate and explain. I want to make your job easier yeah. or I'm going to make you the hero.
0: Excellent. Excellent point. Yeah. I mean, who, who's going to be able to explain it better than, than you who, who does this a hundred times a year versus they who right. maybe buy something like this once every five years, right?
1: Yeah. And again, back to politics, the number one risk that the person that's evaluating they're the point person. They don't want to make, they don't want to look stupid. They want to look good in their organization. Your job is to help them look good. Yep. Yep. And so if you, if you, if they, if they know that bringing you in and bringing and meeting you meeting with other people and then introducing you, make them look good. Then they're going to want to do that. If they think of their fear afraid that it's going to make them look bad or hurt their, their political status within the company, they're not going to do it. So spend the time, to make sure that they, uh, they're comfortable with what you offer um, and that they understand what your motive is.
0: Yep. Excellent. That makes complete sense. Okay, good. So I guess the final piece is, you know, what's the best way to gain access to them now that we've, we've gotten the, the influencer on board? Is it logical to say if we've, if we've helped them look good, the next step is they'll take us with them to the decision maker or are there some other nuance to it?
1: Well, it, it, you know, the, the, this is a little bit of a complicated answer because there's a lot of, it depends. Right. Um, because you can be early in the process and want to avoid the evaluator and try to build a relational map so that you don't get stuck at the evaluator who can potentially protect you from yep. uh, the decision maker. But, or you can be late in the process. But here's here's just a simple way to think about it. Every Once you identify all the players, Again, you've got, your, you've got your coach, you've got your evaluator, you've got influencers, and you've got your decision maker. The first thing you want to do, and again, your your evaluator or your coach can be the one that reveals this to you, is you want to see how they're aligned with your solution. There's, they're either positive, they like you, they like what you offer and want you to win, or they're neutral. They're not sure who they want to win. Or they're negative, they're red. So think of it as green, yellow, red. Red, they want somebody else to win. Mm -hmm. That is just the facts. Everybody in that political, everybody's going to play a role, either likes, wants you to win, doesn't care, or wants you to lose. Yeah. So that's the first thing. You want to identify who they are, and then you want to be able to think about their, you want to look at their, they'll cover their head in as red, yellow, green. Yeah. The next thing that's important in building relational map is how they're connected to the other people. So, for example, let's say so you have a strong in, so you got a decision maker, which in my case with that distributor was this guy in Atlanta um, who was really actually didn't have a very high rank. He didn't have a very strong relationship with the VP of sales. Yeah. Right. So the VP of sales was not somebody I could. Connect with to get access to that person. I needed to get access to that person through somebody else. So there was a little bit of a political battle. The VP was kind of in one camp, and the and the, and the influencer was in another camp. And so I was I was sitting at the wrong lunch table. <laughs>
0: you, you were with the unpopular kids, not the popular. Kids. I was
1: with the I was with the unpopular. So the point is this: how they think about you, and how they how they're connected to each other. Yeah, And so when I know how they're connected, either positive, negative, or neutral to other people in the on the team, and I know how they feel about me, that allows me to build my relational map. So, and it also allows me to determine where my risks are. So I build my relational map by understanding who's positively connected to the decision maker and who wants me to win. And then I can figure out how to navigate. So if I've got an influencer over here that's got a strong relationship with the decision maker and they like me, or at least they're neutral, then I can, that's my, that's where I gain sponsorship to the decision maker. That's my best way of gaining access.
0: Wow. I mean, that that is, that is some powerful stuff. And I hope, uh, I hope our folks that, uh, put comments in or enjoying the podcast, we're customizing for them. And I know that the rest of us are getting great value out of it. Is there anything else that we left out that you wanted to close with before we uh, send these folks off into their wild blue yonder?
1: Uh, anything else that I feel like we're, you know, we didn't cover. Um, no, I think that I think that's the main thing. I mean, the, the really the main thing is to open your eyes and quit looking at rank. Yeah just ignore title. Yep, It That's tells you advice. who reports to who, but it doesn't tell you who has the most power. And so if you start to focus on influence and not rank, that will just open a whole world for you. And I think, that, let, me, let me just say this too, the hardest thing to do is to learn how to communicate why you're going to start diving into understanding who what the political structure yeah. is. Because most of the time right now, you're going to be working with the evaluator and they are going to want to act like they're the decision maker. Sure. Yeah. So spending time learning how to ask questions and position a question so that the evaluator will want to sponsor you or help you. And secondly, spend the time to, to, to move the, the evaluator from, I'm here to be skeptical and assess you to They want you to win. So invest the time to make sure they become an advocate. A lot of people want to look past the evaluator when they get stuck, almost like they're annoyed that they have to deal with them.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And so well, that I makes a ton of sense. Can, if you.
0: Sorry, Beautiful. I cut you off. Well, no, that's good.
1: I'm 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 done with my beer, so uh, I think it's a good time to wrap <laughs> it's, up.
0: It's time to move on then. It's <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
1: I got to go get another beer. You got to get another beer. I I'm going to go to the,
0: I'm going to go to the 90
1: minute dog.
0: We, head. We've got priorities dog on this way, show. Dog for head, for
1: sure. yeah, dogfish, head, dogfish head, dogfish, dogfish head and heady, beer, Topper.
0: heady Topper. heady mm-hmm. Topper. Well, this has been great. And I know why I love these kind of t- uh, shows, Tom is because they come from the people. And so I want to thank Christy for her request. Hopefully this answers yeah, your question. You for-, for those of you that have never been able to uh, give us a topic before, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, Christy actually put it in through our website. That's fine. You know we post these on LinkedIn each week and Twitter. So you're certainly welcome to engage us with a comment down below our post, and we'll see those and, and uh, put those to the top of our list. You can email me at scassidy at aslantraining.com, and I'm happy to answer your emails. And so there's several ways you can get us requests. We'd love if you would share the podcast with your friends, download it, subscribe to it. And make sure we get this to as many people as we can. We love doing this, and we hope it's helping all those who sell for a living enjoy their career just a little bit more while they drink a beer on a Friday afternoon. So, Tom, thanks so much for coming in today, and we will see you in another week on Ales with Aslan.